Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kerry, one of the highlights of my childhood was the big red offensive line with Dan Deardorff, Conrad Dobler, Tom Banks, Bob Young, Roger Finney. I still remember them. I can still see the sign in my mind's eye with uh, those those guys, the banner that showed up at Bush Stadium. And one of Conrad's teammates is the Hall of Famer and our friend Dan Deardorff, who joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Dan, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good to have you with us. Uh, thanks, Randy. Nice to be with you. And you're right. I love that. I love that sign they used to hang on the wall at Bush Stadium. Well, the Great Wall of St. Louis, I think they, they called it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember one time on KMOX, we actually asked people if they at least had a photo of it, right? And we never got any response. I wish I had a photo of it. I don't I don't either. And I, it, it, it hung there. I, I don't know. I have no idea who made it, who hung it, who uh, was responsible for it. But I'm with you. I'd, I'd love to have a picture of that. So... If anybody's listening that knows, now is the time to act. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you can just send it here to the station, and uh, we would get it into Dan's hands. Hey, Dan, one thing, I I hope when I go that people have fun stories to tell about me. And every story about Conrad Dobler is fun, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, The guy had a, uh, had a zest for life. He... uh, he energized. He was just one of those people that uh, his mere presence energized everybody uh, in the room. Uh, sometimes for a good reason, sometimes for a bad reason. <laughs> but, but he got a reaction from everybody. And he, the the worst part was once he realized that. Well, then he just played to it, and it got out of control. <laughs> that, that's one of the things about being in the locker room. When people know what irks you, you kind of you keep getting that from them. Once they figure out how to get to you, they we tend to keep going in that direction. Oh, Conrad was the worst. <laughs> You're right. It's like it, you know, it, it's like having a uh, an open wound on your arm or something. Yep. And, the guy keeps walking up and poking it, going, does that hurt? That-? And Dobler was, uh, he he didn't care. He he just wanted to irritate everyone around him. And, if, of course, if you thought he was irritating as a teammate, well, just imagine what it was like to be an opponent. I wanted to ask about that. How did he feel about being labeled as the dirtiest player? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How does a big bear enjoy going in the ba- going to the bathroom in the woods anytime he wants to? <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know he he just we started calling him cassette man because anytime somebody put a microphone in front of him, it was like pressing the button on a tape player. Out came this spiel about fighting people and hitting people late. and I mean, he just played to it. And everybody, just they just lapped it up. And 
Now, of course, you know, a lot of it was real, but he he didn't hide behind it. He loved it. And, Dan, you've mentioned on the show before that it, it's unfortunate that the dirtiest man in football moniker kind of overshadowed what a good player Conrad was. Well, you know, he played predominantly defensive line in college at, at Wyoming. And then they switched him over to the offensive side of things. And so when we drafted him in 72, uh, I was one uh, class, uh, one group ahead of Conrad. Uh, Tom Banks was two years older than Conrad. And, you know, but we were career offensive linemen. That's what we played in college. So Conrad, from a technical standpoint, really didn't have any idea what he was doing. But he, he certainly figured out uh, that uh, if he hit somebody, even if it wasn't the guy across from him, as long as he hit somebody, <laughs> the coaches would love it. And, and that's, that's what started happening. It was, he was like the Tasmanian devil. Hanny must have absolutely adored the way he played. I know he adored him as a human being, but Hanny must have just loved having him on his offensive line. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, he did. And and uh, it was, you know, Conrad's Conrad's attitude about things like that was infectious. And I I always uh, I, I've always said one of the uh, one of the best things you could ever say about a teammate is that their approach, their work ethic, their uh, just their presence elevated the people around them that that was maybe the, the best compliment you could ever pay uh, anyone uh, in any profession. And Conrad did that. I mean, Conrad, he the energy level just went up when Conrad was around. And, and you know what? That You can't say that about that many people. You all were, were a tough, hard-nosed group of guys. Did you ever look at him and say, hey, man, that's, that's a little bit too much. You, you've gone too far now. <laughs> well, we, we always thought it. But there was, there was no use saying it to him because it didn't make any difference. That would just make it worse. He was, he was just like a child. If you, if you brought it up, that was just feeding the fire. But we, I, did I care? If Conrad knocked somebody out from the other team, heck, no. why would I care? I mean, that's, that's, that guy played for the other team. Now, the only thing I cared about is if he did it after the whistle and got a 15-yard, you know, unnecessary roughness or whatever. Now, those were the ones that irritated everybody. Dan Deardorff with us on 101 ESPN, remembering Conrad Dobler. Is there a game or maybe even a play or a series in a game that stands out in your mind's eye as you lined up next to Conrad that's really, really memorable to you? Well, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick one, people who watch pro football today uh, wouldn't recognize the game we played in the 70s. It it was the wild, wild west. You, you could hit anybody, anytime, anywhere on the football field, as long as the whistle hadn't blown. And and you know now you can't. You know you, you they've taken all that out of there for player safety. But that you everybody remembers the catch and run by Jackie Smith against the Dallas Cowboys uh, at Bush Stadium, where he broke five tackles on about a forty-yard run. Uh, to the end zone. Well, uh, d- when that play is going on, the end zone footage is priceless because as Jackie is running towards 
the end zone, Conrad has made a U-turn. <laughs> and he is running the opposite direction because he he is going to just put his helmet in the throat of Jethro Pugh, who's down on one knee back at the 40-yard line. So just as Jackie is crossing the goal line, Conrad is spearing Jethro Pugh 40 yards away, completely out of the play, but perfectly legal. But it was Conrad's way. of He wanted to intimidate Jethro Pugh every play of the game. I often feel like I missed my time. I enjoy. I know we we worry about player safety now, but when you can hit somebody, and and I tell my players now, when you hit somebody and they say, you you take the air out of them, there is no better feeling than to hit a man in his rib cage and hear the air leave him and understand that he has to come do this again. That that's the best part of football for me. Well, you're mean. Yes, that's really. I, I can't imagine doing something like yes, that. Yes, that's, that's beautiful, I, isn't it? That's the that best part. That is repulsive. I can't believe that. I, yeah, you know what? It's a, it's a simple game in, when you're a lineman, and it's, uh, you know what? You're just trying to break the guy's will yep. across from you. And uh, I, I, I said at one time, I said my goal was by the fourth quarter. If I wanted him to go right, he was going right. If I wanted him to go left, <laughs> he was going left. Because that, you know, that, that, that was your goal, was to just, you know, make the guy not want to play anymore. Hey, Dan, I want you to tell a story, and we won't use any names or teams to pr- to uh, protect the innocent here. But wasn't there a game on the road where you guys were trailing, and Conrad continually hit a guy in his jewels? <laughs> Uh, you're, you're, you expect me to to narrow it down to one game? No, no, no. no I'm just. <laughs> it seems like there was. Okay, the, put it this way: Were there tears in the guy's eyes at the end of the drive? Yeah, well, he did make a guy cry, and uh, yes, and I, I, I couldn't. But he was a defensive tackle for the Washington Redskins, and it was at RFK. And I actually looked at the guy who was on his knees and crying. And I actually and, and I, I, I actually said, Oh my God, Conrad, you made him cry. And and Conrad just had an expletive him. That's all it said. That's it. Yeah, I, it takes Takes a lot to make a defensive lineman in the NFL cry. <laughs> continually play after play. I can't well, imagine. He, he made Merlin Olsen walk off the field and not come back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, Olsen wouldn't mention his name, right? No, Merlin did not like Conrad. I, now, I don't blame Merlin. If I was Merlin, <laughs> I wouldn't like Conrad either because Conrad had absolute. I mean, Merlin, this was his last year in the NFL. Merlin Olson, one of the greatest defensive players of all time, and one of the best men I've ever known in my life. A wonderful, wonderful person. What Conrad did to him was just not nice. And it was, I, there was a part of me that felt bad for Merlin, uh, a small part, but a part, a part nonetheless. <laughs> uh, because I, I'd never seen Conrad get after anybody quite 
like he got after Merlin that day. It was, and then he, he knew he had Merlin on the ropes and, and, you know, Conrad was, uh, he was not much for letting a guy get up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other one that sticks out to me, Dan is uh, down the stretch. And I think, Coriel had already told Rich Coster that he didn't want to be back. You guys play Miami here, and I was actually for that day I was sitting in the lower bowl for whatever reason. I'm usually in the upper bowl, but uh, against Miami, a 55-14 loss, and Conrad was furious and wound up throwing his helmet. Well, yeah, he did, and he ripped Hannafin's headset off. And <laughs> I now I and uh, I have a disclaimer here. Uh, I uh, I had broken my jaw uh, two weeks before that, and it had become infected. I actually watched that game from my hospital room uh, in Cardinal Carberry Suite at DePaul Hospital. Uh, so I had no part of that debacle at Bush <laughs> Stadium whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think Bob Greasy threw uh, six touchdown passes or some crazy thing like that. Bob uh, Greasy threw six touchdowns. He threw six not touchdown one of them, passes. By he... the way, not one of them, by the way, at Roger Worley. <laughs> <laughs> Playing corner opposite Roger Worley was, uh, that That was like practicing against Conrad every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 50, yeah, six touchdown passes and that more. I, I just, A.J. Dewey, I, I hated that guy for the rest of, I, I guess I still hate him, Dan, because of the day that he had against you guys. But I just, well, I remember please, Conrad. Stop, drop the you, drop the you guys. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. And that was uh, uh, that was was those that the bums. was that those the bums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was exactly was that the Matt Blair broken jaw? I thought that was earlier in yep. your career. Oh, it was. No, that was that was the Matt Blair broken jaw uh, two weeks prior to that, and uh, uh, it, my I, my wisdom teeth abscessed. Some infection got in my mandible, and that's that's your jaw for those of you that didn't go to medical school like I did. And anyway, <laughs> it, I I was hooked up to uh, uh, IVs, getting massive amounts of antibiotics uh, in the hospital. I was in the hospital uh, for five days. It was uh, not fun, but yes, I I watched that on TV when I when I saw Hannafin's headset go flying. I just went, oh, Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Not good. Okay, uh, Dan, before we let you go, this is one that we've heard before, but for those that haven't heard it, because Conrad played, we're we're 50 years out now uh, almost from from when – when he played. And for those that haven't heard the Phyllis George story, it's necessary if we're going to tell the story of Conrad Dobler. Well, he was going to be interviewed – uh, again, playing into that whole thing. Phyllis George of, uh, from the NFL today was in St. Louis to interview Conrad. They, she actually, we were at Lindenwood College. They actually got a, uh, a, a jail cell at the St. Charles County Jail where she was going to interview Conrad in a, in a jail cell. And so he's dolling. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's, <laughs> he's, He's got a new pair of jeans, a new shirt. Uh, he's got his hair all done. He's got his shirt on. He's got everything on except uh, he's got shoes, socks, everything. He's going to pull his pants on at the last minute. He didn't want them to get creased or whatever. I, I don't know. But when Jackie Smith and I see him in the uh, at the sink uh, uh, using pearl drops 
tooth polish. That was it, it sent us <laughs> completely over the edge. Uh, and and so we went to his locker and we cut off the one leg of his blue jeans. Um, <laughs> so Conrad comes out, puts on his pants, and all of a sudden a bare leg comes out uh, where there's a missing pants leg. And he went nuts. He, we had these long benches in front of the lockers out there at Lindenwood. They had to be eight or ten feet long. Conrad picked one up and shot it across the room. It hit a clock. It hit a clock about eight feet off the floor. We, he just he lost it. He went completely out of his mind. We had naked rookies running out of the locker room. <laughs> Everyone is fleeing for their life. Uh, and, and, of course, Jackie and I, we, we walk up. Conrad, what's wrong? I mean, we, we're talking him off the ledge. And, and for years, for years, he tried to find out. And I got to tell you, we, we, we kept him on the ropes for a long time. And then... And that was, I think, in 77. And and that, when I retired in 1983, uh, Conrad had already retired. And he came to my last game at Bush Stadium. And uh, that night we had a gathering. And, and he gave me a present. It was a box. I opened the box. And in the box were the blue jeans. With the <laughs> and he goes, I know you did it. And I, <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? Uh, I said, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was priceless. The poor guy, he was a sweaty mess at the end of that uh, eruption. And uh, so he, had, he borrowed Jackie's pants which were a little too small for him. And he had, to go, he had to go do this thing being completely constricted from the waist down. And good. He deserved it. <laughs> Amazing. You guys had so much fun, and uh, you relay the story so well, Dan. We can't thank you enough for the time. Sorry about the loss for you. Uh, oh, uh, one, one I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that he had a tough go the last uh, couple of years. Uh, Conrad was uh, suffering mentally. Uh, he, you know, uh, he donated his brain to the CTE study, uh, the Harvard study, and uh, I, I'm sure they're going to find that he was that he had advanced CTE at the end. Uh, it was really a problem. The good news is uh, we finally get to use the words Conrad Dobler's brain and Harvard in the same <laughs> sentence. And that's, <laughs> you know, that was a real cheap shot, but he'd have done it to me if he had. He'd have done it to me if he had the chance. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And as when I texted you last week, Dan, as you as you said, heaven got an awful lot more colorful with Conrad Dobler joining Jim Hannafin up there. Uh, isn't that the truth? That's the truth. God, God bless both of them. My life is a lot richer for having both of them in it, and. Uh, Conrad was like a brother to me, and it's uh, this will be a tough. Uh, it'll be a tough Saturday coming up here at his funeral over in Kansas City. Double D, thanks so much for the time. I always appreciate it. Uh, love you, and tell Debbie we said hi, yeah, and we'll talk soon. It. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye.
Yeah. That's uh, the great Dan Deardorff, the Hall of Famer Dan Deardorff on 101 ESPN.